Good morning. Brew it up. Welcome back. Looking for catchphrases. My name's Bernie, and I am one of your co-hosts of Coffee and Baseball. And I am Ryan, and it is a beautiful day outside and a beautiful day to talk baseball. Always. Always a good day to talk baseball. We're a month away from pitchers and catchers allegedly reporting, even though nobody will say anything, which should be a story, but what do you even say about nobody knowing anything? Yeah. I'm excited. There's so much in the up in the air right now with baseball still of uh, even, you know, which we'll get to later on, even the rules that are going to be uh, utilized this year uh, for the season 20 of, of 2021 versus like what was used last year. Guys still lingering on the market, all this stuff. So, you know, Tons. it's, Tons it's still certainty. what we call the lukewarm stove with a little little bit of flares here and there. I think I dare say the stove is there. The stove went low and slow on the heat, and uh, simmered. This is simmered. It's simmered. You know, it's a slow cooker. It's a slow cooker this this all this right, year, right. and uh, we've reached the right temperature for tender free agency news. <laughs> well, let's dive in. What's the uh, what, what? What news do we have? News of the world. Well, let's start with the two most recent ones that I didn't even throw in the rundown. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka returns to his original club uh, in Japan. Uh, name of that club is, is the right Ra- Rakuten Eagles. I can never say that, that name, but that's the... Rakuten Eagles. Yep. He's 32, so he had seven years with the Yankees. Uh, played in 174 games. He won 78-46, 37 three ERA. 8.5 K to 9, 1.13 whip. Uh, I felt like he was kind of whatever in the majors. Yeah. He wasn't bad. He was serviceable. I don't think he was as good as everyone had hoped or thought he would be. Um, but I thought he was good, you know. So my so. number one rule of baseball is Yankees fans will hype their prospects more than anything. So, like, Tanaka comes in and every Yankees fan will be like, he's the greatest pitcher that's ever going to live. Like, I grew up with a lot of Yankees fans as friends, and it was just like I knew every one of their minor leaguers because they would never shut up about them, and none of them ever turned into good baseball players. Well, I'm still I'm still waiting for Jesus Montero or Jesus Montero to be the greatest catcher ever. Still waiting, Yankees fans. It's a uh, it's coming, it's coming. Soon. <laughs> uh, next piece of uh, brand new news uh, would be uh, Stephen Matz uh, to the Blue Jays uh, from the Mets. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that, that did that happened last night or yesterday? Uh, yeah, it's 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 the uh, it's the hot. Slow cooker. Uh, Mets get Sean Reed Foley, Yenzi Diaz, and Jason Winkowski. Uh, I have no opinion on this trade. It, it's kind of Matt's is kind of a could have been, but wasn't to me. Blue Jays are trying to make moves, though. They're trying to be, you know, uh, yeah. I give something. Them, I, I like that they're going in. Uh, yeah. I'm a big fan. Uh, let's uh, let's get on to real news. Uh, first of all, JT Romuto, five years, hundred fifteen million to stay with the Phillies. Uh, Ryan, you and I have been debating this a lot off the pod. Uh, I'll I'll let you start. Uh, it was a good. It's it's funny. Our initial reaction to the contract was, oh, all right, you know, would have expected more. Um, 
then we dove into it a little bit and he technically has the and i, I shouldn't say technically he does have the <laughs> highest <laughs> annual value of any catcher uh, which was 23.1 the previous was held by joe bauer at 23 although joe mauer, uh, joe mauer not bauer uh, Bauer on I'm, the brain. I'm reading Trevor like Bauer uh, on the on the sheet, uh, but the thing was is Joe Mauer's contract was eight years uh, versus five, um, and we also have to look at the time when that contract was signed versus this one. So, to me, the point one uh, to break the record in the year we are in seems kind of silly. Doesn't, um, doesn't adjust for inflation, if you will. Correct, but good for him. Uh, He's now a Philly for five more years where he'll hang out on a team that will hang out and, you know, not do a whole lot. I, so. uh, yeah, I like, I liked the Phillies a whole bunch last year, a whole bunch. I said, this is year two of the experiment. We're, we're gelling the team. Uh, I was wrong. <laughs> I was yeah. wrong about a couple of things last year. I also said the Nats were going to make the postseason out of the NL. East, that was really dumb. Uh, I think JT, well, JT Romuto, you know, he's 29. He's clearly the best hitting catcher in baseball. He's right up there defensively with the good ones. He's definitely not the best, but he's good defensively. Uh, to me, this is a steal. To me, catcher is maybe the second most important position in baseball. Uh, and I think it's not a sexy position, and I think moreover it's a difficult position to financially understand because like their knees just go out. Yeah. It's, it, like you know, for every Ivan, you know, for every Ivan Rodriguez, there's like 15, you know, Mike Piazzas where they have to play first base by the time they're 32. So, I mean, I the the. Yeah, I don't know. I love the deal for the Phillies personally more than I like it for JT. I thought he was worth a lot more, but also I have those like big, big tier salaries on my brain where like, you know, Mike Trout makes 500 million and Mookie makes 300. And, you know, it's like, well, JT Romuto's, you know, the best catcher in baseball, no question. He's not even 30. How's he getting a third of that? But, uh, it is, it is, uh, I guess you, you sign into that contract with the expectation that in a couple of years he's moving over to first. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, we talked about this as well, Bernie, but we're so jaded in sports contracts now of what money is. Uh, if somebody gave me uh, $115 million or $23 million a year to do my job, I'd be, I'd be pretty pumped. I'd be pretty pumped. That's life-changing money right there. And we've got these Mookie contracts, these Trout contracts, these Mahomes contracts that we're out there thinking like, oh, the new benchmark, you know, 400 500 million dollars and so when guys get 100 and change we're like ah that's all right all right <laughs> i know you're like yeah i guess it's i guess you got paid technically <laughs> uh so our next story is funny in the sense that uh i've heard multiple takes on this uh as you wrote it in here the mets are making an offer to trevor bauer with the estimated largest per year deal. Uh, I think that was reported by, what's his name? He gets a, he gets a bad rap. Uh, anything he says it is the opposite. Um, <laughs> Adam Schefter. I hate him to cover baseball. No. Bob. <laughs> Not Peter Hans, is it? Hold on. It is Bob Nightingale. 
Good old Bob Nightingale of USA Today. If he says it, odds are it's wrong. Uh, and I believe he said, it's going to be the largest ever. And then someone immediately after him said, no, it's not. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, to me, it seems like a good fit for Bauer. The Mets are trying to make moves. Same thing. Bauer's currently the best pitcher on the market, if not one of the best in baseball. Yeah. Um, well, I yeah. think what's cool about Bauer is that, like, the past couple off seasons we've had, like, oh, he's the best, you know, like, third baseman in baseball. Or, like, Bryce Harper. You're like, oh, he's, like, the biggest name in baseball. Mm-hmm. And then the thing is that, like, you know, I know how good GAT Real Muto is. You know how good he is. But, like, the casual fan doesn't know who he is. So Trevor Bauer is the one free agent that anybody actually has heard his name before. Uh, he, yeah, and, so. and he's Great Cy Young winner. Um, right, right, right. They've heard his name because he's really good. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so I guess we'll just kind of track that one. Uh, other news, veteran shortstops. Uh, speaking of the Blue Jays, uh, Marcus Simeon, uh, kind of a nice addition. They say he's probably going to play third base there. Uh, Andrew Alton Simmons to the Twins, uh, kind of the um, – the, the classic, like, you know, best defensive shortstop in baseball. Uh, you know, you could argue Lindor, you could argue him, but at minimum for a 10-year stretch, he was the best short, yeah. defensive shortstop in baseball. But, you know, as cool as that is, that did not help the Angels very much, apparently. So uh, I'd be curious to see what's up with the Twins, especially because they have 27-year-old Jorge Polanco manning the, I suppose to say the hot corner, uh, shortstop. So uh, I'd be curious to see who moves. I got to imagine it's Polanco moves to maybe a third base, maybe a second. Well, probably third base. Um, kind of two nice signings, n- not really two needle moving signings, but um, I mean, I think they're both great players. I think they both provide value. Uh, you have any? You have any thoughts on these two guys? Mm, no. Uh, again, you know, Jays are. Uh, Trying to make moves, so no. Like, what do, what do you think of their overall moves list? Because they what they got they got George Springer. They've got Let's JT just put it this way: Jays are active. They're active. Right. Uh, I think they're just trying to do what they can uh, within their restrictions and try and make a team that they can put out there. It's going to be good. Um, I think they'll be good. You know, they've got young players that are really good. They've got some veterans that are good. I don't think they'll go far, as usual. But I think they'll potentially make the playoffs. I'm just so curious to see what their strategy is with this. Like, are they trying to get their young guys some mentorship? Do they think that, like, Steven Matz is really going to deliver them to the promised land? Like, I don't know. It's hard to say because I feel like in terms of their actual talent on their team... They're at least, like, two, three years away. I mean, if Vlad Guerrero had come out, you know, like, gangbusters, I would have been like, yeah, the time is now. But he's still figuring out how to hit in big but, but level. They're, uh, they have a bunch of guys that have the potential to be really good. And that even goes for the veterans, right, where they have uh, the potential to be really good. You just don't know what season you're going to get. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're just hoping know. for a, a a beautiful happenstance that everybody lines up and is good at one moment, and they did it 
and then they can trade everybody and retire. <laughs> I hate to uh, sound like the hot take machine, but I just uh, I'm looking at all these moves. I don't think they add up to a better team. I, I think this is the these aren't even particularly flashy moves. I think it's just I think it's going to be like in five years they're going to be like. Wait, the Blue Jays are still paying George Springer? Like that's I don't know why, but that's like the vibe I get from all these moves. I'm like, just don't, I, I think it's a lot of I, I think it's great for us as people who are starved for baseball news. And I think that if I were building a team, I would not waste my money. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't on some of these guys. But again, the the Jays have been not good for a long time. So to see them at least yeah. active, putting an effort, we'll take it. That's true. Points for effort, Blue Jays. You know. Uh, points for effort. Uh, moving on to the last couple uh, stories, which are no longer we're, – we're done with the players, on to the news. Uh, no DH per the latest players' union negotiation and no extended playoffs. Uh, obviously still up in the air. Yeah, so from uh, what I understand is this was the latest uh, – the owners presented this to the players' union. Uh, I believe the union – would like the DH, but does not want the extended playoffs, is what I understand. Um, I'm sure there are plenty of other things in this agreement they sent over that they are debating, but the rumor is, you know, owners will take it back, they'll rework a deal and represent it. Um, the thing that's rough about this with the, the DH still being up in the air is it leaves a lot of these guys that will probably get signed, not signed. Because there are a bunch of NL teams. For example. Yeah, yeah, uh, there's a bunch of NL teams that would sign probably a a decent amount of these guys left on the market if they knew that they could put them in the DH position. So I think that makes a huge difference. I know I always talk Dodgers. Justin Turner apparently wants four years. Dodgers want to give him two years. I have a sneaky suspicion if there was a DH in the NL, the Dodgers would probably just give him four years. Yeah. Yeah. No, Durston Turner is, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, he plays great defense, but you're right. It's like four years, I feel great about that. Two years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, same with JT Romuto. I mean, I, I think we're talking about more than a, a six-year deal if he's, uh, or a five-year deal if he's, um, if he's allowed a DH at some point. But I, yeah. I really uh, held off on bringing the DH to the NL. Uh, <laughs> now you're being, all in. <laughs> being a purist. Well, I have to say, we were able to witness it um, last year, and I think it makes better baseball. You know, with uh, uh, with them trying to make the game better, trying to speed up the game, trying to bring more action. It yeah. It's a must-have. I mean, that's the simplest way you can bring more action to baseball. And uh, I, I think I've come around in the DH as well. I uh, I had a friend tell me uh, new baseball rule, and I love this rule was uh, every is universal DH and your DH and and obviously steroids are banned in baseball, except your DH has to be on steroids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need, you need 39-year-old Manny Ramirez, essentially, as your DH every team. <laughs> Man, Manny. Manny's trying to play again, I think, somewhere, too. Really old. He must need money. Um, yeah, I don't know why else he would do it. Uh, which brings us to 
Speaking of Manny Ramirez. <laughs> and steroids. Uh, the MLB Hall of Fame this year decided to induct nobody. Not a single player added to the MLB Hall of Fame this year. Um, Kurt Schilling wrote a very aggressive letter telling them, even because I, I think he has one more year of consideration, telling them he does. not to even consider him in the last year. And I think everybody's response was, well, that really isn't your choice. So, you know, you'll probably still be on the ballot. And also, you know, you were a great player. And should it matter about your off-field antics, my vote is, I don't know. <laughs> you know what's weird is I, I, it's almost funny to me how, like, Schilling is getting lumped in with these steroid guys. Because I think that as, like... Let's just be honest, like moronic as some of the stuff is that Schilling says, like, I don't think you being a crazy, crazy is a strong word. I don't think that you being a a borderline, like, psychotic human, like, should prevent you from being in the hall. I think his numbers were just, like, okay. I mean, he... I have a high bar for who I think should be in the hall of fame. Like, if it were, like... Actual baseball writers voting criteria versus my personal one, like I would not put him in just on numbers alone. I think he would be in because of like, you know, the iconic bloody sock and, and stuff like that. I think he would be in based on uh, those moments alone. But, you know, social media really has ruined many people's lives. And he's just posted some terrible, terrible things. Well, he and came out in down support of the Capitol insurrection. I mean, that was yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, that wasn't good. He's posted Nazi things. He's posted all sorts of stuff. And it's like, you know, there is the debate of, right, do, do if off-field, does that represent who you are on-field? And while your stats and everything may be amazing on, uh, on the field, I do think there is a degree that you have to take in off-field antics, right? I, I yeah. Unfortunately, I think there is still a degree because baseball wants to represent itself uh, as a business, as an entity in a, in a positive manner. Um, and if you allow, you know, it's like if they put, I, I mean, I'm going to say something I actually don't even know, but is like OJ, <laughs> is OJ in the NFL Hall of Fame? Uh, he must be, he must be because he retired in like the seventies, the late seventies. And then he didn't, nothing went down until 94. So he must be a hall of famer. Uh, yeah, he is. Now the question becomes as NFL, I mean, I guess he was found not guilty. So you can't (laughs) say he's a murderer. You can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> well, I guess uh, technically speaking, the pay-for-play justice system did find him innocent. <laughs> correct, correct. So, you know, Bernie, you feel stronger about this than I do, but the the criteria, like, A, do we need to change the criteria, but do we also need to change the voting and, and who votes? I think we need to change the voting first off because it's kind of a little bit crazy to me that it's the baseball writers and not like former players. Uh, 
I don't know if you've ever read like a Players Tribune article. Uh, yeah, player. It's, it's like the whole like awesomeness about that is that it's like the actual players themselves being like, "Oh, this guy is really tough to play against because of X, Y, Z," and you're like, "Oh shit, this guy's going one on one with you know." Janoris Jenkins every day in practice and so he knows actually why he's good not just like the highlights and so I think there's something to be said for like that like whenever uh, a hitter writes an article that's like the five toughest pitchers I have to face I'm like this is cool this I want to read this is like the real stuff so yeah I and think it's like players. the writers to me the writers is also a like an interesting one right because we've seen it across sports uh, for as long as I can remember that some writers don't like some guys, right? And and they yeah. create this thing where it's like, oh, they don't like the media, they don't like this. And then now you've got a guy who has a bias against the player or whatever it may be for a certain, you know, reason. And then it's like, okay, now we're dealing with that. I don't mind that writers are included. I just think it should be a... More of a split, more like how NFL does the Pro Bowl. Yeah, or it should just be a larger, larger pool. You know, it's like yeah. former former players, former managers, like right. Like, yeah, because I guess the argument the argument for writers over everyone else is okay. Listen, like the writers cover the sport every day. Former player may or may not have. You know, it's like if you played in the AL and you're talking about, or excuse me, if you played in the NL. And it's like, what do you have to vote on, like an ALDH to make the Hall of Fame? You know, it's like, well, you never, you probably like barely ever face the guy. How do you know? I'm sure that's like that's a part of it, uh, which is why I think that it's I'm I'm kind of with you and that like there should be segments voting, like get some coaches, get some players, yeah, just get make some it writers. a little. I mean, that's what they do with the Oscars. That's what they do with you know. It's like a little bit <laughs> that of that works out. Hey, it doesn't work out actually at all. But they they're trying to make it better. I. Again, baseball should just continually be trying to improve. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I think you get guys that deserve to be in who aren't in, and you get guys who don't do deserve to be in who get in. Uh, we yes. were going to attempt the list, uh, and we decided not to, but Bernie did have one name on a guy yeah. he thinks shouldn't. So we, we, we organized a listicle segment. This is probably a good transition into that. Uh, for this week's listicles, I was like, oh, let's do two. Let's do top five guys who aren't in the Hall of Fame who should be and top five guys who are in the Hall of Fame who shouldn't be because, you know, we're kind of posing this, this, this thesis that the Hall of Fame is a little bit foolish. Yep. And I wrote down Larry Walker for guys who don't deserve to be in. And then I thought, I don't know any other. You know, I was Googling a bunch of names. And I was like, I don't know anyone else. I know Larry Walker. I remember Larry Walker. He was a nice player. Larry Walker, to me, is the Kurt Schilling of hitters. He had a couple really nice seasons. He went to a couple All-Star games. He's not a Hall of Famer. Is he the... He was the one who got voted in last year that wore the... Or yep. was it last year and wore the SpongeBob uh, outfit? Or jacket? I didn't know that he wore a SpongeBob jacket. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, I do know that he got in last year. And it was his last year of eligibility, too. Yeah, I, I think it's – because there's a whole concept of, like, a lot of guys won't get the vote for being a first-timer. And then there's a whole idea of, like, like – like what's funny about the whole Schilling thing is that Schilling said leave me off the ballot next year. But Schilling hit 70% this year. And there's some, like, statistic that's basically, like, if at any point you hit 70% before your final year, they will end up voting you in by the final year. So, like, 
he hit that threshold where it's like, oh yeah, it's pretty much a guarantee that you'll get it next year. And he was like, don't vote, don't include me next year. <laughs> like, okay, all right, all right, all right. Uh, but yeah, to me, Larry Walker is just, he just amplifies what frustrates me about essentially like the steroid era voting, which is like, you don't know. You don't know who was and wasn't on steroids, right? Like it's like there's certain guys that it's almost fair to assume they weren't because of injuries, right? Like a Ken Griffey Jr. where you're like, yeah, when he got older, he got more injured and his skills declined. And you're like, yeah, he probably wasn't on steroids because like you wouldn't be injured that often or you'd come back from injuries really fast if you were on steroids. Uh, but like nobody's above suspicion. So to be like, oh yeah, Larry Walker – I don't know. It just feels foolish to me. And he hit his whole career in Colorado, which is a significantly better hitters park than anywhere else. I mean, it's it's just like if you're going to weirdly draw the line in the era and then arbitrarily say that like Larry Walker was clean. I don't know. I, I just I not on top of the fact that his stats are incredibly average to me for a Hall of Famer. Yeah, uh, I don't know enough about him to comment. I thought his SpongeBob jacket was funny. Well put. Uh, top five retired players who aren't in the Hall of Fame. And Vickers, you made a list. I actually made a list, Bernie. I did it. I'm uh, excited. It's an Take interesting list. list. Um, but my number one, of course, is a Dodger. But I do think it's actually a, a good argument. Um, is Steve Garvey. I mean, Steve Garvey, honestly, is like one of the most like consistent players uh, the played, I don't, there's some, I actually don't have it in front of me. The amount of games he played straight through is pretty unreal. Like he, he never took a break on like games. He never, he never left, he never left in the eighth or whatever. He, well, he didn't, uh, ever skip games because his argument was even if he was sore or slight injury or whatever was, uh, he never wanted to disappoint a fan that went to a game to see him and he wasn't playing. Um, so he, he made eight straight all-star games, uh, 10 overall, uh, 74 NL MVP. He, uh, yeah. Once you have an MVP, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, I feel like you personal opinion. I think you need at least one MVP to be considered yeah, Hall of, of Fame. Of course. Um, he's even better in the postseason. He had a 338 average, uh, 11 home runs of 55 games, and he was a two-time NLCS MVP as well. Um, I just think, you know, he was very – oh, here it is. Uh, he played in 160 or more games nine times and won four gold glove awards at first base. So, anyway, I think he should be in. He was uh, Mr. Consistent. It was really good for a very long time. I, I find it kind of odd uh, that he wasn't. And apparently his highest vote percentage was like 42.6%. So that was my number one. Uh, number two uh, is Fred McGriff. You know Fred McGriff? <laughs> yeah, I know Fred McGriff. <laughs> uh, you know, he hit almost 500 home runs. Uh, I think... Like four ninety three. Uh, oh, that threshold! <laughs> you think he's already in if he had hit five hundred? Yeah, I think it was a seven that 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 uh, didn't make him. He had uh, ten seasons hitting over thirty home runs. Um, 
he didn't get an MVP. He received MVP votes in eight seasons, but didn't get it. Um, I just think I, I thought he was a really good player, and you know he was near the steroid era and didn't have any accusations of actually using steroids. Um, then we go to Don Mattingly, Donnie Baseball. I mean, I actually know why Don Mattingly didn't make it. He didn't play long enough. Uh, he was oh, really he was a player. He should have made it. Uh, yeah, he was really good, and then his back uh, just kind of killed him and shortened his career. Yeah, it's uh, pretty rare that you get a, a non-longevity type baseball player in the Hall of Fame. Like the yeah. only one that I honestly think of is Sandy Koufax, who basically won four straight Cy Youngs and then like yeah. pitched like one more year and then. Was well, like, I think I'm you done. have to be. I think you have to be just unreal for that to happen, right? right? Like Sandy Koufax is one of the best unreal. pitchers ever pitched, and it's right. like. Okay, I, I allowed that. I mean, Mattingly made six straight All-Star games, won sil- three Silver Slugger awards, nine gold gloves. I mean, he was really good. His career was just too short. I asked my dad this question a long time ago, and he was like, oh, did play long enough. He, like, knew mm-hmm. immediately. My dad's a baseball guru. We'll have him on one day. Um, and then uh, my personal favorite, the Bulldog, mm-hmm. uh, Oral Hershiser. Yeah, what's actually just funny is I didn't realize he wasn't in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> and he, like, set a major league record of 59 straight scoreless innings. Uh, he had an ERA of, like, three or lower. Um, but I guess I was, I was researching it, and the reason that was given was he was amazing. And then once he reached 30, he just kind of... Uh, like health issues set in and just couldn't couldn't complete the uh, the year he won the Cy Young in 88 same year that they won the World Series that he looked amazing Um, I'm really surprised though still that he didn't get in I just thought his time on the Dodgers he was um, pretty untouchable Um, and my final one I will wait until you go through your list so that we can have it because yeah. we shared the final one. Because we shared uh, the final So one. I will also hold my final one off. Uh, so first of all, hand up. Uh, I very quickly, because I, w- I, I boldly just was like, I think if you get an MVP, you should be in the discussion uh, for, you know, Hall of Fame. And so I immediately Googled it because I'm like, I bet he did. Uh, and Larry Walker was the 1997 NMLMVP. There we go. There we go. And according to his Wikipedia page, uh, he is the only player in Major League history to register both a 700 slugging percentage and 30 stolen bases in the same season. Uh, and he is the first player in more than 60 years to record a batting average of 360 in wow. uh, three consecutive seasons. He won three NL batting champions, and he is part of Canada's Sports Hall of Fame. Right. Uh, so, you know what, Larry? I still didn't think you were a Hall of Famer, but I do take back my statement that his numbers, quote, do not support his candidacy because you know what fuck it you had the numbers i give you that my list uh and it's it's kind of a lot of roid guys uh well it's a couple of roid guys uh i'm just gonna get one and two out of the way because i think it's kind of the obvious ones uh roger clemens and barry bonds uh to me clemens's career is just that good it's just like i i get the argument right it's like dude he did steroids how's who's to say how good he would have been you know off steroids whatever uh and bonds Bonds was so good, I don't think you can make the argument that, you know, the steroids stopped his Hall of Fame candidacy. Or the steroids 
was what gave him the Hall of Fame caliber play. Like, he was just so good. And, like, the argument that's made that's like, dude, everyone was on steroids. Barry Bonds was incredible on steroids. Like, still kind of resonates with me a little bit. I I will say, flip-flop on these two more than anyone. Because every other day, I'm either like, dude, they totally cheated. I don't care what they would have done. If they hadn't cheated, they cheated, right? It's like the it's like the Astros argument. Like, I still think the, Ast- the 2017 Astros was an amazing collection of young talent. But they fucking cheated. So it's like, well, what's the difference? I don't know. So I, I flip-flop on those two, but I, I think they should be in the Hall. Um, I also think there's something to be said for the Hall of Fame, like as in it's like it's not like a list of the best, you know, batting averages collected of all time, right? It's the Hall of Fame. It's the, you know, these guys were the memories of baseball for 20 years. These guys were the story of baseball for 20 years. And I think... That's why I get annoyed about Larry Walker's because I'm like, Larry Walker was never the story of baseball. You know, like, I don't think Derek Jeter was nearly as good as his, as his like kind of celebrity and hype, but Mm. he was the story of baseball for 20 years, you know? So for me, that's why Clemens makes it. That's why Bonds makes it. Uh, A couple more guys. Uh, Tommy John, I threw this one in here. Uh, I, I like did not even attempt to look up his numbers, but like, it's Tommy fucking John, you know, the surgery's named after him. Get his ass in the hall. Uh, I will not hear second opinions on Tommy John. Uh, and then my final one, uh, from the steroid era, again, because I'm a little bit younger, but not an accused steroid guy. Although, again, as I mentioned, anybody could have could have been it. Uh, Scott Rowland, uh, my favorite player growing up. Uh, the, the, in my, for my money, the best defensive third baseman ever to play baseball. Uh, just like incredible defensively, really, really good bat, part of a lot of really great Cardinals teams. Uh, he's got the World Series. Uh, he's kind of essentially me breaking my rule that I just put out there of like Scott Rowland was never the story of baseball, right? And he was on a lot of teams where his teammates, like Albert Pujols, was the story of baseball for the 10 years that Scott Rowland was on the Cardinals. But for me, for a young kid in Virginia who uh, liked playing third base. Uh, Scott Rowland was like my total hero. I still have a poster of Scott Rowland uh, in a Cardinals uniform uh, with the St. Louis arch behind him and the uh, phrase on it behind him says Rowland on the river. (laughs) Uh, So that's my four. Let's get into the last one. The I think this is like a one that is on every list in existence uh, because he was a phenomenal player. Uh, but it brings us back to the thing of who you are off the field. Uh, it doesn't matter. And that is the notorious uh, Pete Rose. Yeah. Charlie Hustle himself. Uh, we both had him on here as, as should be in the hall. Uh, interesting to note, the Hall didn't say, like, we are banning Pete Rose. The Hall basically said, we only vote on players that Major League Baseball, that, like, played Major League Baseball and are in, like, good standing with baseball, essentially. Like, they basically have said, like, because baseball banned him, we cannot vote on him. Mm-hmm. But if baseball wanted to unban him, we would have no problem voting on him, which is a little bit passing the buck, but also... Makes a little bit of sense, you know. It's like okay, you know, we're not we're not adding in Japanese players, although I guess we added in Negro League players. So 
It appears, though, that uh, baseball will never clear him. No. They're, they're, they're an old scorned partner. They just... They have gonna happen. held their ground, and they're like, yeah, no. Well, Pete Rose is just like such a like asshole hustler, like looking for an, a financial angle at all. Like he wrote like two or three different books about how he didn't cheat, and then ran out of money and wrote a book about how he cheated. You know what I mean? Like he just he's an opportunist. I think I think I think there's something very disingenuous about him that like baseball will never get past. Uh, but all that being said, he's the hit king. He's you know, the greatest player of the, you know, 60s and 70s. 60s, 70s? Is that Pete Rose? Pete Rose. Probably 60s yeah. and 70s. I think so. Uh, big Re- I know he was on the Big Red Machine, uh, which is, like, hilarious by modern-day standards to be like, yeah, that powerhouse Cincinnati team. Uh, yeah, 60s to really the mid-80s, but 60s and 70s is when he was a beast. And I, uh, you know, I think he should be in the hall. I do. I think despite all the other things, as I have said, the man is the story of baseball, for better or worse. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, it's a tough one. I, I think he should, too. I don't know if I'm going against my own rule that I just set up shortly <laughs> ago, but I do think he should be. 4,256 hits. That's 160 home runs. <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. Managerial record of 412 and 373. He was a manager for a while, five years. Look at that. And that was when he bet on the team, right? Uh, yes. Although his claim, which I 0% believe, is that he never bet against the team. Uh, well, I don't yeah. believe that. Uh, I believe that maybe he never bet against the team when they actually like needed to win a game. Like... I'm sure if they had like their number five starter going, he was like, eh, we're probably not going to win today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's the integrity of the game, unfortunately. Uh, I understand why baseball banned him, but I think, I think it should be the MLB continues to ban him in the hall lets him in. I, uh... I, don't, I don't know what the ban would do, quote unquote, for MLB at this point, but I, I, I would in no way blame baseball for never letting him back. And I would in no way blame the Hall for completely letting him in. All right. Well, this has been uh, a fun episode. I would say, uh, you know, I'm almost done with my coffee and it is not waking me up at all. <laughs> I am uh, I'm still, still tired coffee and baseball Bernie. So let's uh, bounce on over to our final segment, the favorite segment, the segment that keeps everybody, you know, sticking around for. Bernie's movie corner. Did you not do this movie already? I swore we did. Am I crazy? I I, so are you referring maybe to how do you know? Maybe that's what I think. This one, this one is terrible. It's not a good movie, and I saw it at a young age when uh, every movie is good. To you know, when you're below the age of fourteen, every movie that's made is, is great movie. Uh, let's see. No, this is it. You, I don't think you've done it. So, all right. It it would be in our. It would be. It's always written down in our description of our episodes. So it would be in there. Uh, uh it's 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 uh, the two thousand and I believe five classic movie, classic film. Uh, <laughs> I was supposed to say Fever Pitch. Uh, no, it is Fever Pitch, is it not? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was thinking of Summer Catch, 
uh, yes, Fever Pitch, uh, starring the incomparable Drew Barrymore and uh, the always classy uh, Jimmy Kimmel. In no, I believe the, not the Jimmy movie Kimmel. Wow, I'm so sorry. I'm like exhausted. This morning. it is starring uh, one of my least favorite people in the whole world, uh, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Uh, I, I'm glad. I despise Jimmy Fallon. I want to be clear. I just, I I've seen this movie. I wouldn't watch it again because of how much I despise Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I um, I'm really psyched that you said that you despise him because I also despise him. Good and like good, good. I double just, despise. I, just, I think that everything he does on TV. I think he's 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 the the new show that tries to garner every audience and doesn't want to have you know it's like he, he has no edge to him he but like which i wouldn't care about if he was like a nightly news host or like a talk show host or well i guess he's a talk show host he's a comedy late night talk show host and i feel like he actively is not trying to be funny i feel like he's trying to be non-offensive every night uh, uh yeah and he's just uh i don't want to i don't want to bring in uh yeah, I just don't like him. Let's just yeah. Maybe maybe we don't need to get onto him too much because we can get onto the movie Fever yeah, Pitch. We can talk uh, about how bad it is. It's not a good movie. They made it right after. Well, they they actually they were filming it while the Red Sox were like doing well in two thousand four, uh, but but they didn't know if they were going to win the World Series or not. But essentially, the story of the movie is Jimmy Fallon's a high school baseball coach, like JV slash teacher. Couldn't even tell you what Drew Barrymore's job is, but he is like willed down these essentially like like hundred thousand dollar pair of tickets for the Red Sox. So he goes to every single Red Sox game. Like the whole plot is that he never ever ever misses a game, which is a weird plot point because like half the games are during the middle of the day when school would be in session. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, whatever. Uh, we're not here to nickel and dime them on the realism of the plot. When we could nickel and dime them on how poorly acted it was, how stupid, how just dumb the plot was, uh, how uninteresting the movie was, or the fact that, like, what I really honestly hate about this movie is that it was so clearly like pandering to the like Red Sox fever that was sweeping America between two thousand one and two thousand and five, basically. Uh, and I was just like, I already have to hear about the Red Sox every day when I watch sports. Now it's creeping into my movies. Uh, I didn't like it. And I didn't hate Jimmy Fallon at the time that I watched this movie. But this movie did end Jimmy Fallon's acting career. So did it? it was, was this either, it? Yeah. Because I think Taxi Cab Ugh. was his Ugh. first one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh... Okay, I guess it didn't like end. It ended. He did mostly. He does like smaller parts, and voice roles. Technically, in Whip It, two thousand nine, he played Johnny Rocket. I haven't seen Whip It, but I am aware of Whip It, and that was a couple. That was three years after Fever Pitch, but really after Fever Pitch, he started only doing voice roles and roles as himself. Uh, so yeah. I'm gonna call. And it. then I somebody think... decided, oh, you know where he'd be great on the Tonight Show. Well, first they gave him Late Night, which you know, whatever. It's uh, he's very middle of the road. He's very, I mean, he's Jay Leno all over again. He's unoffensive. He's somebody who's just funny enough for the incredibly aging 
group of people who still watch TV to tune in. Uh, but I don't know. There's a whole. I could go down a whole rant, and I will with you, but not on the pod because stick to sports. Yep, yep. I that's my. I am in agreement on that one as well. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Ryan, you've seen this one already, but uh, as usual, I have to give a recommendation, and I recommend you skip it because it's it's kind of dumb, and it's a movie that centers around the concept of of watching the Red Sox, and they really. You know what I thought was dumb about this movie was they really glorified the concept of fanhood in a way that was I thought was really sad. Like Drew Barrymore, I, I still remember the line because I thought it was so insane. It was kind of like, I love she she's attracted to him and she's like, I love that you just like give your life to this thing that you can't control. And I was like, that is the most over romanticized ver like let's be honest, if you're gonna really sit here and break down fanhood, like like sit here and like describe it, it's sad is what it is. Like mm-hmm. the only the only non sad way to describe it is like baseball is fun and entertaining and I really like watching greatness. I really like watching the best of the best, you know, put out their best every day and I have this team that I follow that I really like. But like if you like phrase it as like Essentially, like, I'm kind of addicted to watching the Red Sox and, like, it's this thing that I have no control over that I, you know, that I live and die with. It's like, well, that's really sad, buddy. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I want to give you a hug. I just, like, there's go out in life and make a friend and, and paint a painting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, do something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's already, you know, you're already a, a high school teacher, so you're not exactly, you know, create, you're, you're shaping young minds, but you're not exactly, you know creating something new out there either i don't know i i, I want to take that opinion back I, I actually think a teaching would be a really sweet job but uh yeah i didn't like the movie i wouldn't recommend a rewatch yeah i would also say i don't recommend it at all did you have a least favorite part do you remember any part of it <laughs> no no i don't <laughs> 2005 I, was a wild year for ryan vickers i remember <laughs> Uh, really not liking it and you know it also just falls into that category of like really bad baseball movies because yeah. baseball movies are hard to make good and yeah. they didn't even make any of it worth while at all I I enjoy uh, uh, oh, what's that Ben Affleck movie The Town does a better job of showing That's baseball and all they do is show the stadium and I feel right. better about it in regards to baseball than I do to uh, Fever Pitch. I love, I think from now on, that's our comp, right? Uh, was it a better baseball movie than The Town? Which <laughs> is not a baseball movie, so that's what... Right. But part of the robbery takes place at the stadium, so... Whoa, spoilers. Uh-oh, uh-oh. If you I'm haven't seen The Town, I think way. your time ran out of <laughs> spoilers. Yes. Uh, well, Vickers, this has been a fun episode. Uh, I have been making many verbal blunders, uh, and many mistakes. So maybe I will go back to sleep. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, this is what happens when you have a child, Bernie. I know. I know. Kid was up late. Oh, kid was up late. You were That's another pod though. (laughs) Your kid is up late. And then we get on here and you just fumble all over the place and we put it on the air unedited. We don't even... Yeah, we're not go through this and fix our errors. Which I I actually when I I do tend to go through them and fix some errors, uh, oh. but but I am not going to today. No error was grievous enough today 
or no. You know what I what I really tend to fix is if you and me will go down a rant, and I know that it's like the second or third or fourth time that we've ranted about it, I'll usually kind of just cut it out. We save that for off the pod. Yeah, we do. <laughs> okay, well, till till next week, guys. Uh, hopefully the uh, the slow cooker, the simmering stove, stove will be rip roaring. Rip, rip next week. Honestly, just any kind of Trevor Bauer, anything. Just give me a tweet, Trevor. Give me a we'll tweet. We'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> okay. See you guys next week.